What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of the Oscars, the podcast that takes a look at the 2023 Oscars 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simmons. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are heading to Ireland to postulate the meaning of life, friendship, legacy, and feckin' donkeys in Martin <laughs> McDonough's The Banshees of Inisherin. Two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Now, we are another week of uh, Oscars talk here, which means that we have another guest on the podcast. Very special this time. Probably our our highest profile guest to date, I would say, mm. that, which is so exciting. Very, very yeah. exciting. Uh, huge, huge part of the Phase Zero podcast, comicbook.com, some of the coolest TV show and movie tattoos um, like ever, and they get recognized by the people, which is insane. We have Jamie Jirak on the pod. Uh, Jamie, how is it going? Thanks for coming on. Wow, I'm so happy to be here. I've never been anyone's <laughs> most high profile anything before. <laughs> uh, I'm so honored. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about this movie. You uh, you asked me what Oscar movie I wanted to talk about, and uh, I got to pick, and this was my choice. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. this is gonna be awesome. I staring at Laura Dern on your arm. You can just get lost in her eyes the whole night. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so but, great. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, this is cool. Uh, cause this is the first guess where we actually know what the nominees are. Like we, yes. we had to guess on the first three and honestly, we kind of guessed on this one cause this was scheduled, we did. <laughs> you know, a while ago and uh, we're like, let's just cross our fingers here. So not too bad. We kind of went four for four on the guesses. Um, oh, pretty good. Yeah. Not, yeah. I, I like it. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think about the, nom- the 10 nominees? Um, did anything get snubbed that you were hoping was going to be there? Any surprises? Yeah. I'm glad that you're asking me this because when I did my reaction video, I didn't mention all the ones that I wanted to get nominated. And then I felt <laughs> yeah. we, did, we did the very um, same thing. I know. Ben and I were texting afterwards and we're like, shit, we forgot this and we forgot to say that. Forgot to say that. <laughs> I was like in bed, like I failed. Um, one, I think RRR should have gotten best picture nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, my top three of last year was the Northman and I'm bummed that it got yes. absolutely nothing. Northman love. love. Let's go. Yes. Uh, I'm bummed that Nope got snubbed. Um, and I'm shocked that decision to leave got snubbed. Those are the, yeah. the oh, big yeah. ones for me. Also, uh, I'm really bummed that Dolly uh, DeLeon didn't get nominated for Triangle of Sadness because she was awesome in that movie. <laughs> um, those are, those are my big ones, but um, you know, my uh, favorite movie of the year, everything everywhere all at once swept those categories so that's yeah, something at least yeah decision yeah. to leave yeah it was interesting I was, I was bummed that got you know left off um nope was the biggest surprise for me and it's another one that like we didn't talk about in the recording and after it's like fuck we didn't even talk yeah. about the fact that like <laughs> jordan peele got iced out like in everything like yeah sound yeah, everything. vfx like it's like i thought for sure i mean same with like top gun and cinematography it's like they spent so, so much time telling us about what they created to be able to shoot that movie and the academy's like <laughs> Who cares? Like, <laughs> it's a very good, fun movie, but to say that Top Gun's better than Nope is yeah. crazy. Oh, I, yeah, no, it's but, absurd, you know. for sure. Menace. Um, yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy. I think there are some some wild things. I think Nope is obviously kind of the the most notable like of those things where everybody is kind of like on a mission to reclaim that already, where people are like, this should have been nominated for for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Mescal, I'm still riding the high. I'm going to be honest with you. Paul Mescal getting best actor. It's not going to happen, but it feels good. It feels good yeah. to be Oscar nominated. I haven't Oscar seen After Sun yet. I know Maybe. you love it. You I know uh, it's high on my list. I think it's streaming now, so I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it soon. Awesome. You can okay. go watch it right now. We'll wait and then come <laughs> nice. back. And then we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll pick this up when you're done. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, so, Jamie, we, we like to start every episode with a guest kind of asking them, about the Oscars, because this is a pod about the Oscars. So we are are curious. Ben and I are obviously very in tune um, with the Oscars and how much it means to us and uh, how little it means to every other human being on this planet. Uh, but, you know, we like to see what our guests, uh, ha- how they feel about the Academy Awards. So do you watch the Oscars every year? Do you tune in? Do you try to watch all the 10 Best Picture nominees? Where is your relationship with the Oscars? The Oscars award season is the only version of sports that i have um i love the oscars the first time i remember watching the oscars was 2001 uh the gladiator year julia roberts year um and then i've i've never missed it since um since i was 11 or 10 i don't it depends on the date my birthday's in the beginning of the year um uh and ever since i was 
14, I've made sure to watch everything. Um, uh, usually in, in the major categories, I don't, I'm not a big documentary person, so I don't usually like watch those. I don't always watch the shorts, but I, I try to see everything else. This year, I'm going to tell you, for the 10 nominees, I've seen eight of them. I still have to watch uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, a, I don't like war movies, so that, so I'm like putting that Same. one off. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to watch Avatar 2. I, I don't like no, Avatar No, Jamie, I, no! I, 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 I just, I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm not going to be anti because I haven't seen it. I don't have the right, but I, I can't, I, you can't make me sit through that movie. I'm not going to do it. The, the so, Ben, the Ben so Hive grows stronger <laughs> every day, Ben. What the hell, man? If I wasn't contractually obliged to watch it to talk about this, you know what? Maybe I won't watch it and i'm just gonna show yes. it next week anyway and just pretend you're like oh man the blue people that was, that was awesome sick. so cool <laughs> yeah anyways next this, this yeah, like, i just i can't do it uh so this year i will only see nine of them okay uh, but, but uh, yeah but i've seen all the others uh and uh i'm excited to talk about them yeah but, of course yeah i, I do want to know i am curious so um <laughs> ben and i uh, have kind of talked about this but i'm curious what your take is avatar was was obviously nominated for best picture i believe back in 2009 um, it would have been 10 yeah okay yeah 2010, 2010 mm-hmm. um yeah. got tons of nominations um won some stuff do you feel since since you were in this camp i'm genuinely curious do you feel like the academy nominating the way of water do, do you think that's just like a bit they're just like doing, they're just like, you know what? James Cameron makes some crazy money. You got to recognize it. Or do they actually care? You know, I don't, it's hard to say because James, I hate Avatar, but James Cameron has made five of my favorite movies of all time. Next mm. month when Titanic comes out in 3D, I'm going to be there on my birthday. That's what I'm doing on my birthday. I'm going nice. to Titanic. I love it. Um, uh, and uh, I'm a big Terminator fan. I have planned to get a True Lies tattoo. Like I, like he makes great movies, but I just, I do, I think that Avatar in 2009 was such a, a big movie for like effects. It, it changed mm. the game in so many ways. And so I understand that why back then it, it, did so well but this i can't speak to the new one because i didn't see it but i i i can't imagine like best picture i don't know sounds sus to me so maybe you're right um uh, all all i will say is i think my deep hatred of avatar kind of came from how much awards recognition it got when in 2009 10 um because i was like 19 and even then i'm Mm -hmm. like this movie i've seen it it's fine there are better movies um nothing brought me more joy though than Catherine bigelow beating him for best director oh my god that Uh, was the coolest thing ever uh, Super sick. Just like I'm pretty sure he cheated on her with Linda Hamilton, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, when they were so. married. So just like the the all oh, the fun drama of that was really satisfying. Not that, honestly, that year I thought Inglorious Bastards was way better than oh, Hurt yeah. Locker, but but what can you do? I still think that's um, his best movie. Uh, I think it's his most flawless movie. Um, uh, but oh. yeah. So I, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Avatar. Ah, I wish I wasn't. I don't like being a hater. I don't enjoy <laughs> hating things. So, um, well, it's funny. Your reaction to Avatar is how I treated Titanic a movie. I still haven't seen. Um, I know, <laughs> but it's like, I think I was at the right age where I was like, who the fuck is this Leo guy getting all this attention from the girls? Like, I'm not going to wow. see this movie. I don't care. So like, I still have not seen Titanic, um, you, but maybe you thought it comes you were, in theaters. You thought you were better than Leo. That's what I'm hearing, Ben. You were like, yeah. look, the, it should be, the attention should be on this guy right <laughs> the, here. The hubris of a teenage Ben was, <laughs> yeah, undeniable. Like, undeniable. I, I think a big reason why I get mad at thinking about Avatar is that it beat Titanic as the top grossing film, mm-hmm. because I think that the top grossing film should be a perfect film. And I really believe that titanic is a perfect film and uh it's just got everything and it should be the most successful movie ever made because it deserves it and avatar doesn't i don't know ben i feel like maybe this is the time for you to see titanic but i also understand i i I have weird things like that uh that i'm like i'm not watching this because people have been annoying to me about it for Mm. so long and i'm not gonna watch it out of spite so if i get it that's your (laughs) jam if if we cover it you're locked in as the guest you'll come back and talk about titanic for sure (laughs) (laughs) you're you're locked in big time before we talk about banshees of inner sheeran this is a martin mcdonough movie he has made uh, a a few other movies now banshees got nine nominations at the academy award uh kind of nomination ceremony in which i i I was really convinced they were going to bring out megan because they had this like little megan bit and then they didn't and i was like 
weirdly disappointed because I had seen I Megan think like two be nights. At the Oscars. I love it. I think she's come showing up for sure. I I want that. I want to live in that world where the Academy <laughs> recognizes the pop culture influence that Megan has. Um, so he has made a few different movies. Banshee's got nine nominations, obviously including Best Picture. Um, I just watched In Bruges for the first time the other night. Now this is another Martin McDonough movie with Colin Farrell with Brendan Gleeson. Ben encouraged me to watch it uh, before this pod so I could kind of get a, a better frame of reference for Martin McDonough as a director because this is the first time that those two uh, kind of actors had been in a picture of his. Um, I reviewed it on Letterboxd. Jamie, you commented and you were like, I got a story about him, Bruce, to tell you on Thursday when we record the pod. And and we were, Ben had some audio troubles. We were waiting it out before we started recording for like 10 minutes and I was really trying to not be like, tell me the story now. <laughs> so now that we're on the pod, you got to tell me the In Bruges story before we talk about Banshees. So I love, In Bruges is one, I think, McDonough, his best movie. I, I yeah. love that movie. And I'm also, I'm, okay. I've been a big Colin Farrell f- fan since I was 11. Um, when I saw American Outlaws in theaters, it's not a good movie, but I, you know, I was 11 and he was hot. Um, <laughs> so, um so a couple years before in Bruges, I learned about Martin because I saw the pillow man on Broadway. And to this day, the pillow man is the greatest straight play I've ever seen in my life. I'm usually a musical gal, but straight play wise, this is great. And I have a prop actually. Uh, Jeff yeah. Goldblum was in that show and I was 15 and I went Whoa. backstage I got, uh, the stage what? door and I, and 15 year old me met uh, Jeff Goldblum um, and I interviewed him last year and I told him about me. Nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when In Bruges came out, I was like, okay, it's written, directed by the playwright who did Pillow Man. It's starring Colin Farrell. I'm so hyped. And it came out the week that I got my driver's license and then i got a car and the very first day i drove to school for the first time i left school and went by myself to the movies to see in bruges and my mom was pissed at me (laughs) she's like you can't just go places now that you have a car you still have to tell me where you are um so my first memory of like of having a control over where i can be and do the very first thing i did was go to see in Bruges by myself and it blew me away i That's loved awesome. it loved it loved so it cool. and it's yeah so um so when uh banshees came out obviously i was like yeah yes this another collab <laughs> um all these guys again and i loved banshees it's uh uh it's i definitely my second favorite of his movies um a close second too mm-hmm. i would say and and a uh, and a big step above the other two so yeah. um yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty power. That's a big power move. I'm going to be honest with you. To, on, on day number one, just be like, "Yo, I'm going to the movies." Like that's mm-hmm. that's the childhood I wish that I lived, and that is that's pretty cool. Uh, also, the, I mean, picture Jeff Goldblum. That's that's pretty unbeatable. So, oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, all right, let let's th- let's dive into Banshees. Um, I'm curious. Ben and I haven't talked about this movie uh, at all, as per usual. Kind of with this podcast, we try not to uh, you know, fill each other in or anything like that. So this is all. This is all fresh, uh, live on the pod. Uh, Jamie, you're the guest. I'll let you go first. Give me your thoughts. Give me, give me what you maybe liked, what you didn't like. Uh, how do you feel about Banshees of Inner Sharon? Yeah, it was a four and a half out of five for me. Um, I Solid. loved the experience. Uh, I think it's just, I, I, this, I love the story of it. I love that it's a friendship breakup because you don't see that a lot, um, uh, in movies, uh, especially with nuance, like you see it in a lot of teen movies and like those kind of things, but not, not two adult men who live in this small town that like poor Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell is my, the only award I care about this year is best actor. And I wanted to go to Colin Farrell (laughs) so bad. I don't, think he's gonna win but i deeply that's what i want more than anything his it's just like i said like new there's just so much nuance there and um and i love uh i love that it's funny and sad there's like the fact that it was put in the best comedy category at the golden globes i was like huh and then i thought about like yeah no it is a comedy it's just Mm -hmm. it's just a really really sad comedy um I think I I struggled initially with all the finger cutting off because I was like, this man is a musician. This is his life. This is what he wants to focus on. But he clearly could still play it without his fingers. So yeah. I take just a little, that, little that moving of the, the yeah. instrument. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, R.I.P. Jenny the Donkey. Oh, uh, what so sad, but just so so good. Um, and then Carrie is phenomenal. All, all of them, Brendan yeah. Barry. I love that they're all nominated. It's kind yeah. of a bummer that Brendan and Barry kind of cancel each other out yeah. uh, in their category because it's like I can't really pick between them. Yeah, it feels um, like it's gonna be the same with Stephanie and Jamie for supporting yeah. actress. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm glad they're both yes. nominated, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, I mean, so it's like go key, I guess. Cause like, I can't pick, <laughs> yeah. um, I, the only, I really feel like I don't see this movie winning a lot. I don't know if, if I'm getting ahead of myself, oh, but, interesting. Um, oh, yeah. um, uh, I, I would love to see it win uh, original screenplay. Um, but I just feel like the Oscar is such a hard on for Spielberg that Feldman's is going to take more than it deserves. Mm. Um, but, uh, not that I didn't like that movie. I just think it's, Fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, uh, but any, uh, uh, you know, I do have another little story, but uh, when the I went to see Banshees, there was like a crazy woman in the theater. She was uh-huh. on something like drugs. I mean, like so, on something serious. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. And she was like wandering around and talking to people and it was bizarre. And so Tony, my boyfriend and I, like we, we left five minutes into the movie because even though they finally kicked her out, it's like the mood is spoiled. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. So, so uh we had to redo it again and it uh and i'm glad we did because a better atmosphere a better thing to sit in those emotions um but it looks beautiful uh just every the all the crazy i forgot about the crazy old lady um that's like (laughs) being a creeper just yeah i don't know i just have uh, i think it's just a very well written well acted film and i'm glad that people are agreeing with me (laughs) yes yeah that old lady she reminded me of um the three, well, I guess it was played by one person, but the three women in the tragedy of Macbeth. The yeah. brothers, like, she just need to be perched up on some. <laughs> <laughs> little, yeah, she was great. Um, man, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one having bad theater experiences. I, I was just going to say, but, it sounds like you and Ben in the same boat oh, with the theater experiences, man. This we is just tough. had it. Yeah, we had it the other day with, uh, we went to see Megan. And it's just like people, I think during the quarantine, whatever, just still think they're at home when they go to the theater. It's like. Stop talking. We don't care what it's you guys maddening. think about this. It's maddening. It's yeah, um, I, I hate it. We had I had to leave twenty minutes into Top Gun the first time I went to see it. It was and it was like the fan experience no. where you pay extra to see it early in IMAX. And twenty minutes in, and Tony was like, "I." Everyone around him was talking, and he's like, "I can't do it. I have yeah. to go." And I'm like, "I'm not going to sit here." And while he wanders around a mall for two hours, I'm going to go with him. So then, by the time we got to see it, it wasn't in IMAX anymore. So I never oh. got to see an IMAX, and I'm still pissed about it. Like that is it's heartbreaking. It, like he gets crazy about the talking for me it's the phone lights I, oh, I, yeah. I just it's just i just don't understand people <laughs> i don't get it i, I gotta be honest i i don't i don't think i've ever had a theater experience as bad as either of you two have wow I, like i went to go see megan and i and i just it was like me and like eight other people and we had a great time i guess i i don't know i didn't hear anybody talking i didn't see any phone lights <laughs> and good. i texted ben and i was like ben how was megan because we went and saw it on the same day ben was like it was ruined by a bunch of idiots in the movie theater. And I was like, I had a delightful time. I'm so sorry, Ben. I mean, <laughs> so really just more. Yeah. I, oh, I mean, this woman was next to my girlfriend and she was just like commenting the whole time to her boyfriend who, I mean, he was also talking, but like at one point, I think it was when, um, have you seen Megan? Have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like when the person's coming to like supervise them together and she does something, um, Alison Williams does something weird. I'm not even joking. The woman to our right was like, worst aunt ever. <laughs> Just like that loud. It's like, oh my what the fuck God. are you doing? Like, you, you <laughs> aren't at home. Like, why? Like, we don't need to hear your commentary. <laughs> um, and that then, makes me want to die. Oh, it was it was insane. Like, my Whoa. girlfriend finally, I, the woman said something about the movie. She's like, oh, why are you crying? And my girlfriend turned to her. He's like, why are you talking? <laughs> it was it was great. She stopped talking after oh, that. And then she moved good. to the other side of her boyfriend. So there's like a little bit of space. But she's like, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, no one wants to hear what you guys are talking about at all. Uh, like, this isn't mystery science theater. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what your thoughts are on what we're watching. But anyways, Tony luckily I didn't to, have that Banshees. But. Yeah. Tony had to shush somebody at Babylon. And it was a press screening. Like, oh, wow. I, I know. Like these two people sit next to us and they're talking and I'm like, you're, this is your job. Yeah. You have to know better. Wow. Uh, I, I, this week we 
we went to the movies and for the first time in our relationship, we had a whole theater to ourselves, which Whoa. normally would be so fun. We can talk at full volume. We can have a good time. The movie was women talking oh, no. like the, like the <laughs> universe tough, really like, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> so we just sat there in silence. Cause what you can't have fun during women talking. That's, no. that's a tough draw. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I could digress our pod really quickly right now and ask about your press screening for Babylon. But I will keep us on track because that'll just be its own separate. <laughs> It'll be its own separate pod. get a Patreon pod. exclusive or something that we don't have yet. It's just like, you guys can talk about Babylon later. I, I need, fall into the Babylon same as Avatar. Like, I have zero I, interest in three hours of that. I need as much Babylon talk as I can get that because you're not giving it to me. I got to get it other places. Uh, and it, it didn't qualify for Best Picture, so I can't make you watch it. But hopefully, if you keep like reminding me that Brad Pitt's in it. You'll probably break me down because that, yes. that would that would slowly make me watch but surely. It. I will just chisel you away. It's and when just, you come, yeah. when you come out to Portland for the Oscars, and we do a live pod, hopefully Babylon will be on VOD by then, and I will force you to sit in my house and watch Babylon. With me. That's how I will win. We'll do it. I, um, I hate to be anti-Ethan here, but Babylon's fine. Like it's it has <laughs> moments that's good. It has moments that are bad. It didn't need to be over three hours. Uh, the ending, I hated. It's, it's no. What, what Jamie, book did you want no. from a hundred forty million dollar budget, three hour long movie? Then that's fine. <laughs> I gave it a three <laughs> and a half. I, you know, uh, it's in the middle of the road for it's me. It's passing, but five yeah. stars. Five stars will be reclaimed as a masterpiece Criterion Collection in the next seven years. Watch it. I feel like Bet. I'd rather watch Whiplash twice than Babylon once. If I'm going to spend three hours with Damien Chazelle, <sighs> let me watch Whiplash at least. I also hate La La Land, so. No! Get off the pod, Jamie. You've lost your spot. You're done. You're out. This is, oh, man. I didn't know we were ganging up on me. I wasn't ready for this tonight. I'm so I was like, sorry. Oh, I'm that so is sorry. It's not even a movie draft. Everyone's picking on you. <laughs> Jamie, that. Look, that's my favorite movie of all time. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's sorry. just let's cool it a little bit here, and we'll we'll we can stay friends, I guess. Um, I just feel like if you're gonna then, make a musical, cast people who can sing and dance. But that's you know, you know, <laughs> crazy ideas, me. crazy idea. <laughs> if you have any hot takes about I, Ferris Bueller, let's just save that for later. I, I can't take just, it right now. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I lived that. in Chicago for a decade. I'm, okay. I, I right, love cool. Ferris Bueller. Perfect, perfect. No, no surprise. <laughs> Pro bad over here. Yeah, no surprise. Um, I'm ben, so sorry. I'm really hel- I'm derailing your podcast. I love it. We're spiraling, it. spiraling out of control here. Uh, um, that is brutal. That I, I just have to take a second to like reclaim what is cinema to me. You know, I have to. I can't yeah. lose my core values here. I feel like. I feel like I'm being chiseled down, but I, it won't work. It's okay. It'll I'll go fine. home yeah. and I'll and I'll and I will watch like six parts of La La Land on YouTube, and then I'll be okay. And I'll be like, you know what? You know what it feels like right now is that you are sitting in a house, and Jamie and I are walking around putting in like wood and gasoline <laughs> while you just sit there. And we're gonna light your house on fire. Your La La Land house. I'm just smoking my cigarette, <laughs> just, just being like, like, La La Land is. I'm cinema. going down with it. I'm not leaving. <laughs> going down <laughs> you can kill with me the if house. You want. <laughs> If ben, it makes you feel better, my favorite movie of all time is very easy to make fun of, uh, and it's Grease. So, you know, I, love, I haven't seen. We did it, Jamie. We're best friends again. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I love Grease. That's fantastic. Okay, we did it. Awesome. Um, Grease 2 is my favorite Grease movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Well, Grease 2 is also amazing, uh, so... I gotta get on, yeah. I gotta get on that train. Yeah. Uh, we we probably watch Grease like once a week in my household. My little girls, four and two, they they oh. love Grease. They're obsessed with Danny and like the songs and everything. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> that everything goes way over their heads, but it's fantastic. They love the songs. Um, I was five when I first saw it, so... That yeah. makes sense, I, yeah. I love that. That's amazing, uh, Ben. What did you What did you think of the Banshees of Inner Sharon? Because yeah, I think sorry. this was this was your first time watching it, right? It was, yeah. Okay, yeah. This was my and, first and watch. You didn't see it in theaters. You saw it in your house for the first time. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, which again, like as we've just been talking about, I feel like that was you know a fifty fifty chance, and luckily no one here talked while I watched it, so it was perfect. <laughs> um, I I mean I liked it. I had a great time. I love In Bruges. Um, that's one of my favorite Colin Farrells. Um. You know, if Harry Potter didn't exist, it'd probably be one of my favorite Brendan Gleeson's as well. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I had a really good time with this. I didn't know what to expect at all. Like, I, I, I mean, I think I watched the trailer. I'm not sure, but kind of went into it pretty blind. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I just had a blast. Like, Colin Farrell just kind of being dopey. You know, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Wasn't something I thought I needed or wanted, but it was great. Um, 
and their whole dynamic just like how like how do you have comedy in a 1920s irish you know like set <laughs> movie like it's just like what are you gonna do but i i found myself laughing so much more than i thought i would mm-hmm. um this movie is so funny like i think i honestly laughed every time colin farrell's like huh like when anyone <laughs> asked him something he just like he needed to like delay for a second like i don't know why it's i got so me sad, every single though. time <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean so funny um i mean barrier's gate great carrie is great like um obviously brendan was fantastic but yeah I, I it was just like it was rough especially when he cuts his first finger because i'm with you jimmy i'm like you play the, what are you doing man like you can't do this and then the next time when siobhan um comes up to him he's like tell him next time it'll be the other four fingers i'm like you're just gonna go the whole hand at once man <laughs> like you said it was just gonna be one finger at a time and now you're just doing the whole thing but i mean that guy's a man of his word you know to say the least like he yeah. he's not pulling any punches so um i don't know i had a fantastic time i will say my favorite movie of the year also is everything everywhere so there was part of me i couldn't really help um but i was going in just realizing that i think these are the top two for best picture Mm -hmm. so i couldn't help but be kind of comparing it where it's like man i like this a lot but this isn't hitting me half as hard as everything everywhere did like everything ever floored me you know and i get you know the the people don't like that movie and love this one I haven't rated it yet on letterbox. I'd probably give it like a four and a half. Like I, I really had a good time with it. Um, but I, that was the context I was watching it. And same with Colin Farrell's performance. I'm like, this is really good. Um, I know I, I'm probably on the outs, I think of the majority of people, but I fucking loved Elvis. I had a great time. So I really want like Austin Butler to just like, I would love to see him give his speech in his Elvis dialect, yeah. you know, big, time. big win. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, Brendan Fraser is probably going to take it. Um, it, you know, it just kind of seems like that's how it's going, but I understand now why Colin Farrell has been nominated so much. I think he did wonderful. I, I, I do. I have a question. So the Academy is obviously known for makeup awards and for mm-hmm. recognizing things that they're not really recognizing. It's, especially this year, I think there's a big conversation around Hong Chow being nominated for the whale. And a lot of people are like, that look, that wasn't a whale nomination. That was a that was a nom for the menu. That and, yeah. and, and the Academy just didn't want to put the menu on that slate. They just feel like the whale is a far more Academy centric movie. Colin Farrell's in four films in twenty twenty two, with the Banshees of Interference being one of them. Do you think there's any remote chance that the Academy, the no. voters, the members are this is smart enough? The penguin at all? <laughs> this is not about the penguin. I'm trying I'm to draw back to the Batman, Ben. No way, no way. I will have no Batman discourse on this <laughs> episode. <laughs> well, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, after Yang, he is sublime in After yeah. Yang. And is there and any chance that the Academy lives. sees that? Thirteen like, Lives. I, I didn't. Thirteen Lives is not merely my jam, but I saw every Colin Farrell movie because that mm-hmm. came out. Last year, because I was on Farrell. Um, but I, I think it was, he. no one had a better year than him. Yeah. Nobody. Um, I just think so, the Academy might might see that and might be like, you know what? He put in a lot of work this year and he made some bangers. And he, like, and he, you know, he like a one for you, one for me thing. Like, he made the Batman. That's really cool. He, he and like my that favorite. type of stuff. Yeah, him and Totoro were my favorite part of the Batman for sure. Like, I'm obviously joking. Like, he he gave a great performance. He was great in that. My feelings on the Batman aside. But along those lines, like, I think if they're going to go this route, I think they're going to be like, hey, Brendan, sorry, like, we ousted you from the industry yeah. for 20 years. Thanks for coming back. If they're going to do, like, a makeup award, you know what I mean? I feel like that's the way mm-hmm. it's going to go. It's just going to be like, uh, we, you know, we didn't really treat him well for the last whatever I still think, honestly, like Austin Butler, I feel like for the most part, they really love biopic people. And I think he's the only biopic nom. But I mean, the Academy does like you're I mean, the feelings on the performance yeah, aside, like, they the just thing, love like, a biopic person. I, no, I think Austin Butler was great in that yeah. movie. I really do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to him for that exact reason. But I'm so sick of the biopic yeah, wins. Yeah. My least favorite Oscar win is Rami Malek. I can also lip sync Freddie Mercury <laughs> songs. Give me some teeth. Or, I like, can do this. Like, I'm yeah. like. I, I'm sorry, but like I, Austin at least gave a little more. There's some zhuzh there that I yeah. respect and appreciate. And but but I'm sick of the biopics. And similar with Brendan, I'm not a fan of prosthetic acting. Mm. I, I have problems with like the whole fat suit of of it all. He was phenomenal in that movie. I yeah. 
major issues with the movie as a whole, but no. there's no denying he was great. And if he wins, I'll be happy for him because he deserves it because he's an awesome dude and a very talented man who mm -hmm. got a raw deal. Um, but when it comes to those three performances, I really think Colin Farrell deserves it the most because there's a rawness to it and an authenticity to it that there's no, he's not playing an existing person. He's not covered yeah. in bullshit. Yeah. It's, 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 it, there's, it's just him. Wrong. And it's somebody that doesn't exist before. And the whale was a play first. It was, you know, like it, uh, other people have played this part. Like I just, I think Colin deserves it, but I really, I don't think he's going to get it. I, I, I think it is a very interesting thing to bring up in, in terms of, you know, Ana de Armas catching a nom as well. Nobody fucking saw that coming and nobody I cares but it's Marilyn Monroe, and they love a biopic. And Elvis and Marilyn Monroe, two historical figures that obviously never nominated for any of their bodies of work, and two people this year portraying them in films have been nominated for them. So the Academy loves to to just kind of do a big circle jerk of like, movie history, we were a big part of it. And that's yeah. like what they like to do. Um, so yeah. Do, and Any additional thoughts before I, I dive in on, on Banshees here? All I'll say is that I think Andarmus was great in that film. Um, uh, it's a weird film. I didn't like all of it. I think its anti-abortion message is horrible and weird. Um, but she's still playing Marilyn Monroe with a Cuban accent, which is fine because the whole thing's fiction anyway. So I, I didn't bother me that she was playing it with a fiction with a Cuban accent. But I think it's a weird thing to get an Oscar nomination yeah. for. I do love her. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I want her to be Poison Ivy opposite Margot Robbie Ooh. so bad. Do it. That That's... is my dream DC casting. Um, but I mean, there were, I think that, uh, you know, there were Violet Davis. There were other people that I think deserve that over on Adarmus. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, so this was my second time seeing Banshees. I saw it the first time. I think it was, I think it was the first weekend that it came out. Saw it in a theater full of people, which which is always in in my case, I've been lucky enough to to call that a great experience just because like there's so many, you know, the energy is there and people are out to like support the box office and cinema and all of these things. Um, I did have a lady behind me that was wearing high heels, the floor had wood on it, and she got up to go to the bathroom like eleven times. So every time oh. she got up, I was incredibly distracted. So I think yeah. that partially skewed my view because the first time I saw this movie. I walked out and I was like, I, I don't know if I get it. Like, I don't know, like, like I get it, but I just don't know if I'm that I'm on that hype level. Cause I had heard people, you know, start the Oscar buzz very early of like, this is it. This is the best movie of the year. It's fantastic. All these things. And, uh, I was, I was pretty like outspoken on Twitter and Letterboxd. I was like, this might just not be for me. So I watched it the second time a couple nights ago. I definitely enjoyed it more. I think I, I give it a, a really solid four, four stars for me. I liked rewatching it and I can totally see myself rewatching it in the future because I think I knew uh, what to expect a lot more the second time that I saw it. Mm -hmm. I just don't know for me um, if, if it, if it hits as hard as some other movies and maybe I'm just like being, you know, self detrimental and comparing it to other, other heartbreak movies or other things in that manner. Um, but I think Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson have such a unique relationship that, I don't know you could really pull off in any other movie with any other actors and any other characters. They were both like made for this time period, made for this weird kind of, you know, friendship drama. Um, yeah. I love how it stays true to Martin McDonough, like being um, not, not necessarily viscerally violent, but, but using violence as a way, as a means of illustrating, you know, importance um, of life. And, and I, I love that. Uh, I think the, the cast is excellent. I think, the score is phenomenal. I don't think enough people are talking about how great the score is for this. Um, and the just the absolute wondrous nature of Inishirin, of Ireland that we see. Um, and I, th I think there's a lot to unpack with it, you know, kind of being set against the, the Irish Civil War and having that kind of contributed to two very key moments in the film where we get our characters talking about that and, and mentioning that. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think that it's an hour 53, which is a big win, especially in this year's Oscar nominees. Mm -hmm. I could see that being the case. Um, this was 14th overall in 2022 for me, so I don't rate it nearly as high as a lot of other people do. I, you know, I have like Nope and The Fablemans and Tar and all of these other movies that, uh, ahead of it. Not to say I didn't enjoy it, um, but I, I probably enjoyed it the least out of the, our group here, I would say. Um, but it, it was a good movie. I, I like it, and 
I personally, I think, I think this is the deal. It's either going to sweep or it's going to go home empty handed. I don't think there's a middle ground. Like, I don't think it takes home screenplay and a best actor and, and calls it good. Like, I think it just, I think it goes all or nothing. And I think the Academy put kind of puts all their eggs in one basket. And it really is kind of a two horse race for the, for the best picture, at least right now, this week when we're recording, it is for everything, everywhere, all at once and the Banshees. And it's, I, I've been saying on here, it's very possible the Academy splits the votes on those. And I'm really curious if that does kind of happen. Um, you guys ready to do true cinema? You want to, you want to talk about a specific scene of this movie that we liked? Fact, yeah. Yeah. Fact, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do, do it. it. True cinema. We do it on our regular A24 version of this podcast. Talk about a moment that you consider to be true cinema. It could be funny, emotional, um, just beautiful to look at. There could be any reason that you consider it true cinema. I'll give you a couple, um, couple kind of options right off the bat. I know Ben, you're not going to choose from the list, so uh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure you're going to choose something wonderful <laughs> instead. That's way better than the list here. Uh, but just a couple to kind of like refresh the memory of of ourselves and the listeners. Um, we've got the, the conversation in the pub between Colm and Podrick, um, kind of about time slipping away. That's really the first big moment that it's kind of revealed what we're doing and, and really the big lofty themes that we're tackling. Uh, Colm doing his confessional. I wanted to put this on here cause he just absolutely rips that, uh, priest, the new one and just takes him to task, which I think is super mm-hmm. funny. Uh, getting the first finger thrown at Podrick's house, Dominic and Siobhan having their conversation by the lake. Um, I, I think Barry Keoghan locked his nomination with that specific scene and then jenny dying jamie you mentioned you know r.i.p jenny big year for donkeys in movies and this was probably the saddest, really? saddest one um jamie i'll let you go first what do you what do you got for your true cinema moment i really struggle with this because i'm like i could I, I feel like every scene of this movie mm-hmm. could be the answer um but you but the one i settled on you you said and it's the scene between barry and carrie barry and carrie um where he <laughs> Like kind of, kind of shoots his shot, and yeah. uh, and she turns. Uh, it's just dude. very, yeah. It's a, it's such a tender, sad scene, and and then knowing where it it ultimately leads is makes it even sadder. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yeah. a second time yet, but I know that that scene's gonna hit me especially hard on a rewatch. Um, and it feels weird not choosing a Colin Farrell moment, uh, for mm-hmm. my answer because in the end, this movie for me is begins and ends with Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. But I really think that scene is is quite special. Yeah. I mean, how, how does he phrase it? Like, oh, there's that dream dead or something like that. It's like, yeah. oh, God, dude, like, fuck. That's so and, sad. <laughs> and when he says, like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go over there and do that thing that I thought that I was going to oh. do or whatever. And he just, like, walks over and he's just, like, meandering along the side of the lake. I was like, God, that's so fucking depressing, <laughs> it's it, so dude. Sad. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Barry Kilgan's very good at being a weird, awkward, depressed person, um, mm. which... I just learned you know, about his history and uh, yeah. about his oh, I know I saw that going on tw- on Twitter and today. Wild. Wow. Like, well, I, 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 uh, he he basically, his his mom died of, of a drug overdose when he was 12 and he was oh, in wow. like 13 foster homes over seven years. And uh, and it's, it's, it's nice to see somebody who's talented get to be this famous and come this mm-hmm. far with no help and no uh no background of of you know uh, and i'm you know the nepo yeah, baby yeah, conversation sure, is its sure. own thing and i and there are some amazing nepo babies out there um but um but it but it is Shout out the a kind of <laughs> exactly exactly i got carrie fisher here too yes, um yeah. love it so um uh yeah i just think that like it's it's nice to see someone who really deserves it uh, yeah. on all levels not just talent but in life is and cool you know you know what barry Kilgan's doing now he's the fucking joker in the fucking Batman sequel, Ben, <laughs> suck it. We did it. No, we won. Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and I'm kind of mad on Batman too. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I love our pats. You're just uh, like, I'm a big Twilight girl. So. You just like have Fair these enough. small daggers, Jamie. You're just like, you know what? Here, this feels like a good time to poke one in. You know what? How about in ten minutes we poke another one in? <laughs> you can't see it because I can't move my computer. But I have a I have a Batman and Robin poster because I like oh I like my DC to be fun. Wow. Yeah. I like uh, I like a Fair. good time, not yeah. a gloomy. <laughs> Rudy time. That's kind of my thing. I like that. That's, That's awesome. Fair. Can't <laughs> so argue that. Cool. <laughs> what do you got, um, Ben? Man, I mean, my 
my backup was a Barry scene um, mm-hmm. when they go to his house to get his dad's liquor and he's just naked there. He's like, oh, oh my like, God. I don't want to wake him up after he's had a wank or whatever. It's like, oh my God, like that really got me. Um, but my, I think the scene that got me the most, there is so many, honestly, like I feel like we could just go through so much stuff. But I love when Colin Farrell picks up the student um on the you know to get him to leave you know and he's like oh you're not that you're not Declan are you he's like yeah why he's like oh got a letter from your mom like, well my mom's dead he's like nope not your mom uh your aunt your aunt wrote a letter it's about your dad he got hit by a bread truck he's like you've got to be kidding me he's like no tons of bread trucks he's like that's how my mom died and then he just like walks off like that was the funniest scene to me. Like, I loved it so much. And just like seeing their interaction, you know, it's like, but mm-hmm. my mom's dead. And just seeing the panic, it's like, oh, no, mom, uh, aunt, it was your aunt. You know, <laughs> just trying to like think of someone. Like, yeah. I just love that exchange so much. And I think it spoke to how much his character is like really just still wants to be friends with, you know, him, um, with, with the other dude, but is trying to respect at that point. Like, I won't talk to him, but if I get rid of his new friend, then maybe he'll come back to me. Like mm-hmm. I love the thought thought process behind it. And then I just love the ending of that's like, well, that's how my mom died too. Like it was just, <laughs> it was perfect. So that's, that's probably the scene I would show to someone. I think there's a, there's a lot of good scenes in this movie where Colin Farrell as, as Podrick is like trying to think on his feet and you're like watching the gears turn in real life, which makes this story in this movie even more brutal to kind of live through and watch because he'd have to dig so deep like especially in that moment he's really trying to figure out like what to say and there are several moments where he says like oh i was gonna say something and and now i don't know or when he when he says huh all the time because he has a train of thought and then he loses it because he's dull and he doesn't know how to do that um and then immediately you know the scene immediately after that where beer kogan's uh character basically is like that's the rudest thing anybody has ever done to anybody you're a terrible person (laughs) is heartbreaking on so many levels uh that's that's tough i think for me there are a lot of things that i like about this movie and there are a lot of moments that i like i think it is a definitely a movie of, of good moments but i found myself most intrigued and drawn to like the first kind of 10 minutes if if i can call that like a scene basically where we we understand like I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm I'm done talking to you. And everybody in town, we get this big introduction to Inishirin, essentially, of all these characters and Siobhan and the barkeeps and all of these things. And they're all asking the same thing. Are you, are you rowing? I don't think we're rowing. Are you mm-hmm. rowing? It looks like you're rowing. I don't know. Are we rowing? Huh? Maybe. And like that back and forth, that like 10 minutes, I'm just like, this is going to, this to, to me is a, is an original screenplay winner. Like that mm-hmm. is just, so flawless, so quick, so tactile about messaging that. And like Colin Farrell's ability to look so confused and depressed and sad, but hopeful at the same time because it's such a roller coaster through the movie. I mean, we didn't even talk about the part where he goes to Colm's house and it's like, that went wonderful. Like, awesome. I'll order a beer for you. We can start being friends again. Yeah. And, and you're just like, what the fuck, dude? You just yeah. don't get it. Like, it's so rough to watch. But I, I think I'm going with the first 10 minutes. Um, I I know that we all picked our scene, but I really do want to know how do you how do you you guys feel about kind of the final the you know the final fifteen minutes where where Padraig sets Colm's house on fire and they have that final conversation kind of down by the beach um, that is very very um, representative of how their friendship has gone. Did that ending work for you? I love the ending um, because I think that there's you know, there's a chance that maybe this relationship could be uh, not mended, but have be different now and mm-hmm. still exist in a different way. Um, I, cause I think that, uh, Bre- Brendan respects him more now, um, for what he did, but, I'll, but also I think that, uh, Colin Farrell's character is now, uh, a more confident, darker yeah. person in like a sad yeah. way. That's uh, that that really works for me. I I really like that final scene because it's it's sad. I don't want to say, but it's also there's like a hopefulness to it, not mm-hmm. in terms of necessarily their relationship, but just in terms of them as characters and how they've grown over the course of this movie. Yeah, I think it's a great call. I, I loved. It. I think my favorite part of that whole ending um, was when he thanks him for taking care of his dog. He's yeah, like, yeah. Anytime you know, it's like yeah, it's like as much as they might still have problems. Like I I don't have siblings, but it seemed like a very much like a sibling 
dynamic of like as much as you hate them like there's also just like yeah well i don't i don't care about i'm not gonna hurt the dog like i like i mm. like the dog it's you i have a problem with you know that kind of a thing which is there's still that level of respect but that also leads to like another moment that got left off when the old lady's like don't go k- kill his dogs like well i wasn't thinking about that you know don't put thoughts in my head like that <laughs> yeah. you know like it was so okay. funny me agreeing with ben on everything now makes sense because we're both only children oh there it is uh, See, it, it all sense. makes sense now here we are, here we are. wow <laughs> one, one of five doing me dirty that's uh, brutal tough life being a sibling you know yeah i i like the ending i think the first time i watched it i was a little um maybe not disappointed but a little like kind of um, left hanging. I, I kind of wanted a little bit more resolution, but the second time I watched it, I was definitely a lot more in the right headspace to gather kind of what, what we were talking about in that kind of ebb and flow relationship of they really are. And, and Colm kind of cracks in that moment for the very first time in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he talks first, he engages in the conversation about the war that is happening across from them, which again, I think is an incredible parallel to their relationship that we're watching. Um, and you know, that, 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 It'll always be happening, but sometimes it's more prevalent than other. Um, and and losing a friend like that um, doesn't necessarily mean it's the end. It just means it's evolving. Um, and I and I think both those characters kind of evolve as we as we go. So I, I did like the ending. Um, okay, let's let's do our best blank winner. We do this with every episode. We try to choose a different category of the Oscars um, that our movie is having a good shot in, having a good chance, a good campaign. And kind of talk about the history of the Academy Awards. So for this movie, for the Banshees of Inner Sharon, it is up for Best Original Screenplay. So we're going to choose that. We're going to kind of go through the history of the Academy Awards and just pick some of our favorites uh, along oh, the way. I'm so glad this is the category we're talking about. Yes, Best Original Screenplay. Uh, it's going to be really fun. There's obviously lots of very iconic and important winners throughout history. Uh, ben, I- I'll let you go first this time because you just yeah. put yours in the notes. Uh and you've got you've got some bangers in there, dude. So, I mean, the first one I want to mention, I usually go chronological, but the thing I'm thinking about with Banshees this year is reminding me a lot of the year with Get Out, where mm-hmm. it's nominated for Best Picture. There is an acting nomination. There's like a directing nomination and original screenplay. And it only took home original screenplay. Mm-hmm. And I could see that happening with Banshees this year, where it's like we've nominated Martin McDonough. Like this is the third time we've nominated for him for this. Let's just give him this one. I mean, it's it's deserving. I mean, this isn't like just like a whatever, but it's it's deserving. I obviously would love everything everywhere just to sweep every category it's in, but I could see them being like, he's not going to get actor. He's not going to get director, not going to get best picture. I mean, maybe, but let's give them the, you know, original yeah. screenplay. So that's the first one I want to mention um, is Get Out. That was my favorite movie of that year for sure. Um, and Parasite more recently, that's also just... Uh, a classic uh, a, you know instant classic for me and then going back a little bit uh ethan you i think you recently watched did you watch this one um did i convince you to watch dark day afternoon yeah or did you watch it on your own Do- yeah. no so I, I think i watched it on my own i think i was like uh going through kind of like a sydney lament weekend yeah, where i was yeah. just like let's let's watch some sydney Lament because you had turned me on initially to 12 angry men and i was like this this movie fucks like this movie yeah. goes so hard and and I was kind of trying to tackle some Al Pacino at the same time, so it it worked oh, out really yeah, well. Yeah. Watched I think it was Dog Day buddy Afternoon Jade recently, who was like got on Lumet because she watched Your yes. Men, and I was like, dude, he's got so many heaters, and this was the first one I recommended. Like Dog yeah. Day Afternoon is one of my absolute favorites. Like Lumet's fantastic, but this is one of my favorites of his for sure. Yeah, I watched Dog Day for the first time in 2021, and it was my favorite first time watch of that year by a large margin. And I've yeah. since seen it five times. I saw it uh, in theaters uh, last year uh, at the New Bev here. Um, it, it Dog Day Afternoon genuinely, I think, is one of the best films ever made, and it's I still can't believe it exists. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy that I got my eyes on it finally, and it like literally. It changed me. <laughs> I feel oh, like on yeah. a on a, on a yeah. level that I uh, that I can't. I think that, and you know what? I'm going to say it. I think that Pacino should have beat Jack Nicholson uh, for Best Actor for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. It's a hot uh, take. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Dawn Afternoon is awesome. It's crazy to think of like how many classics Lumet has under his belt because like so you know you could throw like The Verdict or Network or Serpico or 12 angry men. Like he has like so many good ones. It's like, but this was, this is probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, 12 angry men, 
definitely changed my life. It was just like, wait, you could tell a movie in one room. <laughs> that's that's yeah. nuts. You know, <laughs> it was like, so it great. was so good. Like, this I, is nuts. I remember when you recommended that movie to me, I watched it and I immediately proceeded to buy the Criterion Collection Edition because I was like, this is too good. Like not yeah. to own Criterion version of. It is just like that caliber. And I'm pretty sure that I texted you um, what in the middle of the movie when they bust out the second knife and he's like, mm. I went and bought the knife. And I immediately texted her. I was like, Ben, how is this movie this good? Like, this is <laughs> yeah. unreal what is happening right now. It was excellent. Uh, it was so good. I think you have one more on your list, Ben. Yeah, I've got one more. Um, and kind of surprisingly, it's the only Oscar that this movie won. Uh, but it's Citizen Kane. Um, also nominated, I think, for like 10 things or not, something like that. Um, and it's only one for original screenplay. Mm. I know like the... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like now it's almost become like overrated, you know, it's just like the number one movie for so long and deservedly. So I think there's like, it changed the way movies were shot and there's so many great things about Citizen Kane. Um, so I just wanted to shout that one out for sure. Um, for Mankiewicz and Orson Welles. Yeah. You know, I'm not, a, not a big fan of Mank, but you know, I'm, I'm here for Orson Welles in general. So there's that. <laughs> we agreed um, on something. Yeah, yeah we is. did it again. Make is. <laughs> Mank is a, a like Fincher. Yeah, a a lesser lesser for <laughs> Jamie, what do you got on your uh, on your list of best original All screenplays? Right. I have picked three, um, two of which are in my top six favorite films of all time. So it'd be crazy if I didn't oh, mention oh, them. Of course. Um, my third favorite movie of all time, uh, as mentioned, I am the world's biggest John Travolta fan. So obviously Pulp Fiction is, uh, yeah. uh, I even have another prop that just happens to be Ooh. right next oh, to me. Yeah. Um, That's nice. Uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, it's such a basic answer, I, I, you know, but like, to, but uh, that movie, when I was 13, Kill Bill came out and it absolutely all changed me. Uh, I, I saw it in theaters and I then made my grandma take me again. My poor grandma had to sit through <laughs> Kill Bill. Um, that's and, my favorite Tarantino, Kill Bill. It's, one. it's, it's hard for me to pick, but yeah, that's up there. Um, I love every, I, there's no movie he made that I don't give a four and a half or a five. I love them all. Um, but when I, I was finally able to, I finally saw Kill Bill and I, I came home. I was like, okay, mom, I'm 13. I've seen Kill Bill. Please finally let me watch Pulp Fiction because my whole life, I since I was five years old, I'm the biggest John Travolta fan, mm-hmm. but I wasn't allowed to watch Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And then I see Kill Bill and I'm like, it's my time. And I watched it and I was like, this is <laughs> exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, it's uh, So yeah, so Pulp Fiction is in my top three. I deeply love it. It's Tarantino and John Travolta. There's no greater combo for me. Oh, I know. Um, Can I tell one quick Pulp Fiction story? I don't know if I told you. I'd love to hear a Pulp Fiction story. Uh, I was raised. I was raised by my mom, my aunt, my grandma. Very religious women, um, and they oh, yeah. decided in 1994 that they wanted to go see the new Travolta picture. And so they walked into Pulp Fiction (laughs) (laughs) and they walked out, I think within the first 10 minutes, like I don't think they realized that Sam Jackson was the foot fucking master. Like they did not get to that part at all. They're just like, what is happening? Like that's, that's what they went to see was the new John Travolta picture. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, God. you guys like that was a horrible decision, but um, just that's one of my favorite memories of Pulp Fiction is just thinking of my three very religious. I love that. I like that. Our great, we have stories about our grandmas. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The other weird one with my grandma, my different grandma is she took me to go see something about Mary. And that's one of the weirdest movies to sit next to your grandma next to (laughs) (laughs) without a doubt. I went with my grandfather to see Kinsey, which was to this day, I think the biggest mistake of oh, my wow. life. Oh, no. uh, I, 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 I just, I was, I needed an adult to take me because it was an Oscar nominated movie and I wasn't 17. I didn't realize what it was about. I just needed to see it because it was nominated and oh, uh, it was the most awkward experience of all time. I well, I, I just pulled up Kinsey on Letterboxd because I honestly, <laughs> I had not heard about it. And like, you know, the Letterboxd log line before the big description of the movie, it just says, let's talk about sex. So I'm going to assume <laughs> yeah. rough viewing with your grandpa <laughs> it's about the creation of the kinsey scale like uh so it's okay. uh yeah it's uh, whew, uh not <laughs> something to see with like, an adult um uh the next i'll bring up my next movie best uh which is also in my you know top 10 of all time uh, i also have a big tattoo of this movie i wish i could show it to you but it's on my leg uh, mm. and i'm wearing pants um is moonstruck mm. uh, i nice. deeply love sharon nick cage are two of my favorite people uh, like my second favorite actor after Travolta is Nick Cage. And um, uh, so you can imagine where does face off is my third favorite Travolta movie and my third favorite Nick Cage movie. Okay. Cool. Um, nice. 
Um, so Moonstruck, I I'm I love rom coms, and especially like Moonstruck when Harry met Sally when they're like written so. I mean, the writing is just fantastic. And then Cher won an Oscar. Olympia Dukakis won an Like, it's just, I, 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 John Patrick Shanley, I think it's his best work. Um, Moonstruck, really, uh, everything about that movie to me is perfection. And I love that it took home that Oscar. I, I, I hesitate to ruin our blossoming friendship here. <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. That's one that I watched pretty recently. And I'm just like, I did not. I did not get it at all. Like the high, like, you know what I wanted was like that last kitchen scene. Like, give me that movie for an hour and a half, but mm. like everything before then, like, I don't know why it just didn't hit me. Um, and maybe I went in with too many expectations. Cause I know it's so like revered by people, but that's one just like, I, I was just totally out on, but when Harry met Sally is probably like my second favorite rom-com mm. ever. I love it. So good. Yeah, when that's okay. We can't agree on everything. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Um, and I will say my my third pick for this is because you guys, there. Are, I always think about what what Oscar wins I celebrated the hardest, mm-hmm. and number one for me is Olivia Coleman in the favorite. Or mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman winning that Oscar, I screamed so loud I woke up my roommate. Um, but number two, the one I remember freaking out the most is when I was fifteen. And Eternal Sunshine one, because oh. um, I'm I'm a big Charlie Kaufman fan. Uh, I have my 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 second favorite Nick Cage movie after Moonstruck, or actually I would say maybe first. Yeah. It's close. Is Adaptation. Yeah. Um, I, I love being John Malkovich. I just I love 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 Charlie Kaufman, and I think that he should have won that award earlier. Um, for for Malkovich for cause American Beauty beat it, and I, American yeah. Beauty. I mean, there a lot yeah. of it didn't age well, but I understand why it swept in ninety uh, for uh you know two thousand, and it is a fantastic film. It it was better then than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Adaptation. Uh, well that was adapted screenplay but uh i just i just think i just love charlie kaufman's brain and eternal sunshine seeing that in theaters when you're a 14 year old girl it kind of like that's <laughs> that movie really affected me yeah. as a teenager uh and so like uh, deeply so when when he won i i still remember sitting in my bedroom like that that year that's all i cared about was him winning that award and then it happened that's so awesome. that that's definitely a an important one for me. That's pretty rad. Where, where are you on a, I'm thinking of anything. Where's that on your Kaufman scale? I, I really like it. Um, nice. I, you, you, the, my thing about adaptation is when I was, I saw it in middle school and uh, I don't know I, what a weirdo 13 year old who like gets obsessed with the movie adaptation. And I, and I read the book and in high school <laughs> and college, I wrote so many papers on just the, on adaptation in the book versus the movie and mm. all those layers which was really which was so fascinating to me so when i'm thinking of anything and thinking of ending things i did read the book after and uh um and it's just it's an interesting the things he chooses to adapt are, are quite fascinating and i think that that movie should have gotten more love than yeah. it did yeah. I, I i deeply enjoyed it big time very pro jesse buckley very mm. pro, Je- uh, yeah. pro jesse plemon so uh mm. that yeah that movie was was really good i think that is definitely one of the most uh probably underrated like Netflix original movies that are, that are out mm-hmm. there that people just like don't know exist for some odd reason. Uh, okay. I, I picked four. One of mine is also Pulp Fiction. I do have another, like I have a personal connection to Pulp Fiction. I love that. We all have like these really uh, kind of strange ways that we connect with the movie. Mine is a lot more depressing than yours. Uh, both of yours. I'm going to be honest with you. So my parents got a divorce when I was a, a senior in high school and the first Christmas after my parents got a divorce, my mom had all of my brothers, all four of my brothers over at her house. And my wife and I went to my dad's place to give him some company so he wouldn't be alone for Christmas because he had never been alone for Christmas before that. And we sat down and we're like flipping through the channels on Christmas Eve. And lo and behold, Pulp Fiction is on TV. And we just we all sat and watched Pulp Fiction together for like, you know, the two hours and 20 minutes. Um, and we all collectively shared that Pulp Fiction experience of like, keeping us not very, very depressed. Um, So Pulp Fiction is incredible, a very Mm -hmm. depressing connection to it, but like still a connection and still like that was the movie that we all settled on was Pulp Fiction, which is so strange, um, but so wonderful. So uh, Pulp Fiction is great. That was definitely on there. Uh, Ben, you had mentioned Network. I put Network on here. I just watched Network for the first time probably like three or four months ago. That movie is incredible. It is incredibly good. Uh, Robert Duvall is phenomenal. I, I'm blanking on the actress's name, but she won Best Actress with the li- uh, 
smallest amount of screen time like ever i believe from from <laughs> network is that correct the the um are you talking about Faye Dunaway or the um the wife? I, the wife I, Beatrice Strait, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah because she's yeah. yeah. In her, she her she's amazing in that Sublime movie. Sublime in that like, movie. I remember watching that for the first time and being like, I don't know who that lady is, but she's the best part of that yeah. movie. Yeah. And I remember when I got done watching that movie, and uh listener to the pod probably know, Ben, you know, like my wife doesn't really watch movies. She'll like watch the first 15 minutes with me and then be like see you later. I'm going to go take a bath. And then she'll come out and like, it'll be like the last 20 minutes of, of the movie. And she is like strangely okay with that, even though I'm very against that, that way of viewing, <laughs> of viewing projects. But she came out to like the last 15 minutes of network. She didn't really watch it, but I remember when the credits rolled, I just stood up and I was like, that's a masterpiece. That's it. And she's like, really? It was that good. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. It was that good. It was incredible. Uh, so network is my pick. Uh, I wanted to put Goodwill hunting on here as well. Very iconic screenplay. Obviously, the first one from uh, from Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. They have have since made very little, but they um, they did. Uh, they are working on a, a movie right now called Air, which is mm-hmm. a, you know kind of a, an adaptation of Shoe Dog, essentially. Even though I think it'll be billed probably as an original screenplay, but anyway, we'll see. They're they're working on that movie right now, and uh, they recently. What's the movie? I can't believe I'm. I can't the last believe I'm. Duel. Yeah, the last duel. I thought the last duel was excellent. Um, I no, loved the last duel. I loved, loved it. Nobody it. went to go see that movie. Just absolutely shit the bed. At the it's one office. of the few movies that the three of us from my other pod, me, Matt, and Tyler, have seen together. Was the last duel? Wow. Like, yeah, I liked it. It's funny though because I thought about um, Matt and Ben with this because it's like Colin and Brendan being together for the first time in like <laughs> how long has it been? You know, since in Bruges, you know, they're on screen together again. So. I'm excited for for air. That was one of the weirdest marketing never, moves when the last yeah. duel people were like, "Hey, it's the two guys from Good Will Hunting together." I'm like, <laughs> I this is not that movie. Not you should not build move. this that way. It's so weird. I'll I'll never understand how last year the Ridley Scott movie that got attention was fucking House of Gucci, which was absolute trash compared to the last <laughs> duel. Bad last take, duel Jamie. Bad so take. No, but I'm correct. I'm sorry. That movie is nothing when you put it up next to the last duel, especially. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. Look, Lady Gaga, that's my girl. And Adam Driver, it's that's great. my guy. So, yeah, you know, I'm not yeah, going to turn great. my back on House of Gucci, especially when we got Jared Leto, you know, t- talking about birds and his Italian accent. That's now we're talking about cinema. That's what we want to see on the big screen. Uh, the last one that I put on my list here is a movie that I I greatly, greatly enjoy. It is Spotlight from 2015, probably the best investigative journalism movie that is out there. Um, absolute dynamite cast, unreal script, famously known, you know, on, on the rewatchables. I believe they still call it the Vincent Hanna overacting award for uh, Mark Ruffalo saying they knew, they knew, they knew and, and just losing his mind. I love Spotlight. I think that movie is incredible. Um, so yeah, incredible things have won over the past like so many years for the Academy Awards. Do we have any other any other Banshees thoughts? Any other Oscars thoughts? Any Academy Awards thoughts? Uh, Jamie, you want everything everywhere all at once to win the the Best Picture? Is that great? That's what you think is I going do. to win. I, I do think it's going to win. I think that um you know I think that there is a chance that Fablemans could win because mm-hmm. of what it is. But I what I really think is going to happen is everything everywhere is going to win Best Picture and Spielberg's going to win Best Director. Yeah. Um, even though I think it should be the Daniels, I I, I that's how I think it's going to go. I think Banshees is going to win original. That's what I hope um uh and but i don't know we'll see i think that if banshees wins anything it'll be original screenplay but i think what you said is true i think it could very well leave with nothing um but i i i it is my second favorite of the of the 10 but i would be really shocked if it won best picture but after fucking coda one who knows what this <laughs> anything is over possible there. so i just watched the movie running on empty for the first time which is a great movie i don't know if you've seen it but um it's literally coda <laughs> except um instead of having deaf parents their parents are on the run from like uh blowing up something I, I can't remember the details but it's literally this he it's literally like instead of uh wanting to like he wants to go to music school it's like the same movie and i was like that should have won best picture river phoenix uh, and judd hirsch yeah Martha it's great Plinton? it's great movie. shout out shout out judge yeah. judd hirsch oscar uh, yeah. oscar nominee speaking of yeah. we met damn I have not yeah, watched yeah, this check, one. Check, check out running on empty it's really good okay. and you're gonna be like wow coda ripped off this movie <laughs> yeah. in a big way all right I going like on my that. watch list for sure yeah. just did it boom done 
nice. Ben, any any closing thoughts on on Banshees, on the Academy, on the Oscars? We're getting closer, man. We're getting closer. I'm feeling getting so pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad. It was nice to finally get around to this one. Like, I'm bummed mm-hmm. that I had waited this long. Um, but I, I'm glad that we got to check it out. I'm I'm pulling for it in Best Original. You know, it's probably the second, again, behind everything everywhere. But um, Colin Farrell was great. Like, I just, I had a really good time with this one. So it's nice to have a, an easy double feature now of In Bruges and Banshees to throw on. Yeah. Heavily agree. And again, I, I think the runtime is a big win with this one. Uh, I I personally could see the Academy loving this one more than everything everywhere all at once. I still think I, I still think that everything everywhere winning best picture is slightly um kind of like very, very hopeful because we're forgetting the Academy is still old and it's still primarily white, and that's a movie about um like dildos and blood butt plugs that they probably don't like i could be very wrong i could be off base and the academy could totally flip on us this year and say look we get it and we love it and we understand it's part of the culture but i you know who am i to say i'm not an academy voter i'm just a guy they on a podcast for parasite. they did they parasite, did they did, so it, they did it for know. parasite that's true and you know banshees could see we know colin farrell likes to campaign um we could see you know a late surge with this movie we could see something exciting happen in in the weeks coming uh leading up to the academy awards we we will see what happens um jamie thanks so much for coming on the pod this was a blast talking talking about banshees of inner sharon um i i still stand by la la land's a great movie but you know that's okay (laughs) we can make another podcast for that we can we can hash that out another time um awesome talk awesome to talk to you if people want to find more of you online on podcasts wherever where where can they find you at yeah, um, I'm Jamie Cinematics on Twitter and Letterboxd. Um, I've already watched nice. over 50 movies in 2023, so Dang. there's a lot of a wow. uh, lot of stuff to read. Uh, nice. uh, yeah, that's that. And then uh, Phase Zero uh, is on Wednesdays. We talk about all the Marvel news. Uh, okay. Thank you guys for having me, and thanks for letting me go on a bunch of tangents. This is really fun. Oh, for sure. This is, yeah, this is the best it. part of the pod, honestly. Uh, and, and every time that you like my letterbox uh, review of something, I was, I'm like, yes, I did it. Jamie yeah. liked my like my Letterboxd review. That's a big I'm win right there. Searching for that validation. I'm going to chase that. <laughs> it's now, all about so. yeah, chase you. that feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this is awesome. It was a good time. Uh, everyone that's listening, we want to know what you thought about Banshees of Inishirin. Do you think it's going to win Best Picture or is it going to come up short like La La Land? Let us know what you think Fuck on you, Twitter. Ben. Fuck you, or dude. Ins- Did it win? No, it didn't win, right? Yeah, oh, right. my I God. Forgot. I, forgot. I can't do this. End the pod. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> moonlight. It's Moonlight. Right? It's moonlight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, let us know what you think about La La Land and Banshees uh, on Twitter or Instagram. We are at 24 Minutes of A24. Also, don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube, which is super fun, you know, a visual and audio medium, just like movies. So check us out there. You can see our beautiful faces and whatever we're wearing and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, follow us there. I'm Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. And as the uh, legendary and immortal Tom Cruise says, see you at the movie. See ya.